Hey kids, it's time for Surf Shorts! Welcome to the Surf Shorts Podcast, an innovator in modern storytelling, looking towards the future, using business terms like radical, off the lip, caught inside and totally tubular. Surf Shorts, the storytelling podcast, recorded on VHS then downloaded to cassette for maximum audio quality. It's totally radical. Surf Shorts, brought to you by the good people at... Oh, it's not crickets anymore, people. Outer Banks Hammocks, brought to you by Outer Banks Hammocks. Outer Banks Hammocks, for the ultimate lay. You can reach them on the internet at obxhammocks.com. They've got all kinds of stuff for you now. Obviously, they have hammocks and swings and chairs, and now they're breaking into outdoor furniture. They've got a lot of outdoor furniture, high-end stuff, Three Birds Casual Teak, Outer Banks Aluminum and Resin Wicker, Polly's Island Durawood, Summer Classics. They've got it all. Hit them up at OuterBanksHammocks.com. That's O-B-X-Hammocks.com slash Outdoor-Furniture. Outer Banks Hammocks for the ultimate lay. Surf Shorts Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Surf Shorts this week. We've got a great episode. This one's going to be a little bit different. It is the year in review. What I've done is I've taken the maybe the top five downloaded episodes of Surf Shorts. I think there were maybe 13 episodes of Surf Shorts. We started back at the beginning of October or end of September. We did a Thursday episode every week for the rest of the year. And these are our top five most downloaded episodes. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to mix them up a little bit. I'm going to give you intros for each little part. And we're going to jump back and forth. Just going to get the meat of five of our best, funniest, scariest, just most interesting stories this year. The number one downloaded episode of the year was Jack in the Fog. If you never got the play on words for that, instead of Jack in the Box, it was Jack in the Fog. So at the beginning of Jack's episode, we find that he's at Ocean Beach, San Francisco, and he's surfing double overhead waves, 15 feet, way out. They're surfing at Ocean Beach. You you have to paddle out basically three times. You're surfing very, very far from the shore. And then just like you might expect in San Francisco, fog comes into play. When this fog rolled in, you could not see the lights. You couldn't see each other. We couldn't, all we could do is try to communicate and we'd keep talking just to try to stay close. Um, and you don't know when a set is coming. We don't know when a set's coming. We don't even know what, at some point we're so disoriented that we don't even know what direction. In fact, one of the first set waves that came in hit came in sideways to me because I was so disoriented. I was facing 180 degrees in the, or 90 degrees in the wrong direction. Right. And thankfully it was a smooth wave and I I went over it, but, um, with, with no warning with that, with no sight visibility, you, you don't see the wave coming and you get so disoriented, you're facing the wrong direction. The wave can roll you. Um, that that sounds terrifying. So I was at first, it was a little, we're, you know, kind of laughing, whoa, this is pretty, you know, gnarly, but you know, after about five, 10 minutes, we're like, this is not good because if it was a small day and you were closer to shore, you could maybe, you know, 
touch bottom. You could kind of or paddle or just sort of paddle to the beach and take mm-hmm. your licks. Yeah, and, but being so far out, you just really could not tell what was going on. And so, after about five ten minutes, I started getting really terrified. Because, As you should have been. And um, we were trying to stay in contact. I was. Uh, myself just trying to figure out which direction the waves were coming from. And because it was so big, you really couldn't just start paddling for shore. Um, and again, you could be paddling out farther. And in that case, you wouldn't even know that, you know, when you're so far beyond the waves, you might not even notice other than the swells rolling in, which way to go. All right, our next episode, we're going to skip over to Jim. Jim is in Mexico, 1974, and he's surfing a killer beach break he just found by himself. The name of this episode is We'll Always Have Paris. So let's drop in on Jim in Mexico, 1974. So I'm catching these waves, and they're straight up and down. And I'm on this board, and I go... It's just, you could feel about an inch and a half of the fins holding me in, yeah. the rails. And it was literally parting the back of the hair in the back of my head. And they're probably, they were stand-up barrels. A lot of them you'd have to pull out of. So I'm catching, and I'm going, this is it. This is what I live for. And I'm really, literally parting, and I'd be hanging on going, i got to get through that, yeah. get to the end. So I go for a wave. It's probably 10 feet, and it's, I could see it close out. So I turn, and the one behind it was about two feet bigger. And just as I got to the top, it pitched me back. And I don't remember, and I just started flipping. The board was gone. The leash was off my ankle. The leash was broken. I'm just tumbling. And every time I think I'm going up, another one hit me and spin me around, and I'd get lost as to where I was. And I started, I was panicking at first, and then sort of a calmness took over. I never saw the white light, but yeah. I was like, this is going to destroy my mom because my dad was killed by a drunk driver when I was oh, 18 months old. And they're going to, you know, I'm going to drown in Mexico. And, uh, so I, so this, so, you know, you're not getting air between these waves. No, this is a multiple no, wave hold down. Yeah. I'm under the water. Yeah. But it was calm. I'd lost all my panic, lost my fear. Yeah. I saw like a plane going by with a banner on the back of it in my head. Right. And <laughs> because that's what we see on the East coast, right? You see a plane with a banner. And my, my girlfriend was in Paris and it said Paris on the back of it. So oh, <laughs> you were hallucinating. Yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden something's under my arms and it pulls me up and I'm in chest high water. Now we're going to skip down to Malpais, Costa Rica. In the late 1990s, my buddy Ben is in Malpais, and he's at a restaurant, and one of his friends comes running to the restaurant in a panic. We'll pick up from there. But he basically proceeds to tell us how he interrupted a breaking and entering at our room and that the guy who who broke into the room had had stolen a bunch of cameras and film equipment. And he kind of chased him off. And as he ran after him, he was kind of like ditching the video equipment that that he had stolen from our room. So you're. Your friend was chasing the burglar? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so he okay. literally interrupted the breaking and entering, and the guy went out the same way he came in, which is the bathroom window. From Malpais, Costa Rica, 1999 or so, we're going to go back in time to 1994. 
and move up the coast a little bit to Pasquales in Mexico with Jimmy. Jimmy and his friends roll up into Mexico and get a little more than they bargained for. We pull up on the beach, Matt, and it was just like pumping. I'm talking like 20, 30 feet, kind of onshore, kind of stormy looking. And we're just like, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I we, don't we, want any of that. And, and the, the guy who saw our boards on the car and kind of greeted us, you know, there's always one of those guys, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah, there's a couple of guys out down the beach. And we look down and we see this dude drop in and just skip down the face. I mean, he wasn't riding. He was... Yeah, he was like a it, pebble going was across a pe- the yeah, pond. And he, he just ended up getting pulverized, and we're like, okay, um, we should, at this point, just uh, break for camp. From Mexico 94, we're going to skip up to Masonboro Island, early 2000s, where my buddy Todd is surfing Masonboro, the night before he's supposed to leave for Spain, and he's cut himself pretty badly on the foot, and he's trying to get a ride back across the inlet so he doesn't have to paddle the inlet in the dark with a bleeding foot. So this guy, for whatever reason, he was throwing me a little shade about jumping in his boat, but I, I talked him into it. I was like, look, dude, I'm, I'm really kind of skeeved out about my foot, and, and I'm having some problems with it, and if you could help me out, it would, it would be great. It would be a really nice thing to do and help me out. So anyways, he agreed to it, and it was, it was an old boat. It was, it was, you know, a beater, but beggars can't be cheesy. That's right. So, you know, I'm... Not that that's a big deal at all, but it came into play because when we jumped in the boat and cranked it up, eventually, you know, it's back in the days of pool start and there were no buttons, you know, oh, yeah. on, on these older boats. Like starting a lawnmower. Yep. From Masonboro, let's skip back over to San Francisco. Don't forget, Jack is surfing double overhead surf and hundreds of yards from shore and a thick fog has closed in on him and the other surfers. A fog so thick, they can't see the tip of their board. I, I eventually did find some whitewash, and I, I was able to wash up on the beach where I saw other surfers making it to the beach. One guy, I remember, was on his hands and knees and just kissing the sand. So Jack made his way back to the beach safely or rather dangerously, and found himself on the beach with a a bunch of other guys that had been living the same nightmare he had. On top of all this, he discovered that where he hit the beach, luckily and not a cliff, where he found his way in, was three miles south of where they had originally paddled out before the fog set in. Let's go back to Jim in Mexico on this heretofore unknown beach. There's this American there, sort of a sort of a pothead, what? you know, a druggie like, and he pulls me out of the water and drags me up on the beach and he throws about a f- two feet of my board, the tail of my board. The fin's still on up, the leash is gone. Yeah. And I never saw the front two thirds of the board. Yeah. And I'm vomiting. And he goes, I'll go find your buddies. And so about 10 minutes later, they come down and go, what happened? I go, man, I just got, I thought I was going to drown. I just, I don't know what the term was in. Yeah. I was, I got worked, but some, I was just spinning and I'm laying in the vomit and I go, man, did you guys find a place? And they go, yeah, there's some hammocks up here. We can go get into it. I go, I feel like I've been pretzeled. Sure. And I go, there's, there's a town up there. Does it have a name? And I go, yeah, it's called Porta Escondido. <laughs> 
So in case you missed that somehow, Jim had stumbled across Porto Escondido by himself before the surf magazines had even named the place and had managed to nearly drown himself while doing so. Let's go back to Malpais, where Ben and his friends have been robbed in Costa Rica, 1990s. So, yeah, you're going to get your stuff and you're preparing to just shrug this off. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're like, oh, sweet. You know, this this could have been a, a terrible situation, but we all have our, you know, our equipment back, our money back, everything. We have our passports. Everything's good. So we're going back to the room and kind of assessing everything. We're kind of looking at the window, how to put it back together. And then we noticed that there's a, a baggie on the ground near the window. Uh, we <laughs> that noticed. doesn't sound good. That does not. The baggie, the word baggie doesn't yeah. sound good. So it, it's it's what we believe to be cocaine. We don't really know that nobody tested it. Um, you haven't smelled it yet. Yeah, we, di- we didn't really do anything with it. But I'm a pretty paranoid person. So I'm thinking, hey, if this guy's you know desperate enough to break into rooms, that there's a good chance that he's going to come back looking for this cocaine. So back in Mexico, Pasquale's 94, we find out that Jimmy and his buddies look at the TV and they find out why the waves are so gigantic and it's so big the point isn't working. They realize a hurricane's coming. I'm embarrassed. Like, I totally neglected the fact that you were in the path of the hurricane. I thought you just meant there was a hurricane off the coast pumping surf. Like, there was a possibility the storm was coming to where you were. Oh, no, absolutely. It was oh. It was like riding up the coast. And um, it was one of those, you know, that didn't really just jut straight yeah. um, west. It, it, can, it did like a northern turn and was coming up the coast. And we, uh, we battened down the hatches, got some good night's rest. We woke up the next morning and the whole town was in like, you know, like it is anywhere after yeah. a hurricane. It was like, but we're in a third world country yeah. first time. And we're just like, wow, like, look, no power, nothing. You know, we had a tank full of gas. We And we went back to the beach at Pasquale's and we said, well, we're not surfing here. It's just out of control. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it was like easily 30 feet. Yeah. You know, and um, just really unsurfable, not to mention all kinds of things in the water. Sure. And at this point, we had mapped out going to, we wanted to go to Rio Nexpa. Yeah. And so we're thinking, let's go down to Nexpa. It's a point. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get out there and uh, and catch some waves. So that ended up being a, pro- I think typically that's about a four-hour drive. I think it took us 16 hours. Back in Costa Rica, 98, Ben and his friends have decided to get out of town because someone's left some drugs in their hotel room after breaking in, and they're fairly confident they're going to come back. So they take off and they head north towards Nosara. As we're going out of town, I mean, I've never looked over my shoulder to look out the back. Every car, you know, yeah. headlight we saw, we were like, "Oh, that's yeah. him! That's him!" We're yeah, for sure. Paranoid, thinking that you know he was he was behind us at some point in time. But we did uh, we did get out of there. Uh, Where without, did you go? Without incident, I, where'd you go? I don't even remember. We just went north. Yeah, and I think that was that was one yeah. of the nights that we actually slept in the car. Back to Mason Burrow. Early 2000s, it's dark. Todd's foot is cut. He's jumped on this old John boat. He's convinced the dude to give him a ride, and the guy was pretty salty about it, but he guilted him into it. And they try to take off into a north-northeast wind with an incoming tide, trying to hit Riceville Beach. 
and we didn't make it far. I mean, we, we made it, I don't know, maybe a few hundred yards, uh, two, three, 400 yards, whatever it was. And, and that thing just cut, you know, his, his engine cut and, you know, he said some words and started throwing the, the handle, trying to, you know, get it cranked back up again and wasn't cranking. And you're immediately drifting yeah. backwards. Yeah. We're going backwards from where we came and it's, it's basically dark at this point. Yeah. And yeah. you're going backwards. And I'm just trying to clarify for some people that don't understand our geography. Sure. You're going backwards away. Backside of Masonboro. And it's pushing you in. So you're not going to hit Masonboro again. Right. And you're not going to hit Roxville Beach. Right. You're going to like be pushed down this very wide tidal creek between Masonboro and another island called Money. That's right. Back in Mexico with a hurricane, our guys left Pasquale and they headed down to Rio Nexpa. It was not a short trip. And when they get to Nexpa, it's still going off. So we make a pact in the, at the campfire that night with the Florida guys. Like we're going to be looking out for each other tomorrow and we're going to, we're going to charge. And, and, uh, and they're like, yeah. And so the next morning at, at dawn, we go to the river mouth and the the strategy is to jump in the river mouth and right. kind of let it push you out to a point like old shell island yeah and but, but yeah like shell island <laughs> but on acid <laughs> yes i mean it was you know there's no lifeguards on duty not yeah. even yeah. anything but at any rate we we jump in the river mouth you know it's so funny to think back because i i guess you know you don't have you know now you thinking about it like gosh i would never do that yeah. But yeah. then it was um hop, you know, hop just, into a hurricane swollen river and let it push you out into tremendous waves in a foreign country with no one around. Yeah. Where if you drowned or disappeared you would go wholly unnoticed. Yeah. You yeah. mean you don't want to do that anymore? No. And you know the, <laughs> I have to throw this tidbit in cuz we're when we're walking down to the river mouth that morning uh, Jorge's brother had caught a huge snook. Nice. You know, and was like, I was like, well, I guess there's our dinner for tonight. You know? Yeah. And, and, and so that was, that was a good, good deal. But, uh, you know, so we jump in the river mouth. Okay. We, all kinds of things are going through your head, right? Like yeah. you're just, you're paddling out and you're just hoping you're going to live and you're looking out for your bros. And hey, what are you riding? I think it, I was riding my, I had a 610 that I like. That's yeah. 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 I had a yeah. seven two, I think also, but I didn't, I didn't want to ride the biggest board I had because I thought, well, gosh, I don't want to go from like a six two to seven two. Like, yeah. And I thought the 610 would, would suit me well, you know? And so I took the 610, Terry sent it. We paddle out. We kind of really, we get out like, you know, fairly unscathed. I mean, you know, we get out to the, to the point, but it's not really like the point is moving around. Right. It's, right. It's typically, Too much water. Typically. And, and, and in the days after I, we figured we had it wired, but on this day there was swells coming in from what would be the North, the South, I mean, they were just converging. There were big A-frames. It was just doing all kinds of funky stuff. Yeah, and you you don't need A-frames on a point break. It That's the purpose of being at the point break is yeah. you just need a single direction for your swell and everything will be fine. Correct. Yeah. But, but this day, there was just, it was, the ocean was alive, you know, by all means. And so we are out there and, you know, kind of trying to pick a wave out and, I remember Jack was behind me. He kind of went for a wave. John was a little further out. Jack, Jack went for a wave and he missed it. And I looked back 
you know, cause I was like paying attention to what he was doing. And I look back and the horizon just stacked up and I said, I just turned and paddled. And all I could think about was Jack being behind me. I said, man, he's not going to make it. I barely got under like a couple of uh, big ones. And, you know, it basically took Jack and washed him all the way in. And I said to John, um, I said, Hey man, um, He's gone. You know, Jack's gone. He's gone. Yeah. And so, and by the way, two of the four Florida guys made it out. The other two yeah. didn't. And we'll finish up just like you would expect. Back at Masonboro, Todd's boat is broken down. He's hitched a ride. They're drifting backwards in the dark, trying to make it home. You know, I got to get this thing started. So throw the anchor out. And I was like, yeah, you got it. So I picked up the anchor, chucked it out. He only had a very short amount of rope yeah, probably no chain short amount of line no chain at all yeah. and he i threw it out and it just went <laughs> and it was not cleated it was not so you just not you, tied off you threw the anchor and yeah. the road yeah yeah all of it yeah off the bow so there you go buddy <laughs> <laughs> So that was that. We we were uh, anchorless at that point. And drifted backwards. And so um, he kind of freaked out about that a little bit. And, and uh, he's like, you got to get my anchor, get my anchor, get my anchor. And he's freaking out. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right, man. So um, I grab my board. Yeah. And I jump in the water. And it's probably like ch- chest to, you know, shoulder deep water. Even though you're or even though you're in the reeds, the tide is so yeah, high. It's so high. You're pushed over against money, yeah. but you can't stop because the water's so deep and yep. you're going backwards. And now you're in the reeds, chest yeah. deep the salt with grass. your surfboard. Yeah. The yeah, the grass. And you're trying to find this anchor. Yeah. So I'm I'm scouting all around for it. I gotta dive down. I'm you know, just swimming all around down there, feeling with it for my feet, and or with my feet, and because um, it's dark. Yeah, and and it's and it's deep water, yeah. and and so finally I come across it, and uh, I grab it, and I pop back up over the water like I got it, <laughs> and I look all around. I'm I'm completely alone. Yeah, you're I'm, like stoked for a second, <laughs> dude. I found your anchor. Yeah, dude, dude. <laughs> <laughs> So he was gone, man. He was just so ripped back behind the island. He was so far gone. I looked down and and I don't even recall if I saw him or not. I don't think I did. He yeah. was. I was just sitting there with a surfboard and an anchor. And, yeah, and <laughs> at best, this dude is a speck, right, fading right. off into the darkness, going the complete but opposite direction <laughs> of where he wants to go. That's right. He's going backwards, mm-hmm. and he's gone. Yep. And he can't do anything. He's got no motor. He's yep. got no anchor. Yeah. He tried to help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that wraps it up. Hope you guys enjoyed that mixed up show with just about the top five downloaded episodes of the year. I will finish it off to summarize some of these stories. We talked about where the guy ended up, the guy that was trying to give Todd a ride back whose boat broke down and he lost his anchor. He had to end up miles away. He may have spent the night on that John boat. Uh, skipping back up to Mexico, 94. Jimmy and those guys ended up getting a lot of really good waves and they stayed for a long time. And completely by coincidence, some other guys from our home beach break, they actually introduced them 
or gave them the idea to head to Mexico in the first place showed up out of the blue. So that was a really nice, really nice summary of that story. And Jim, who basically discovered on his own for himself, Puerto Escondido, he survives. They have a great trip. They keep surfing. They keep traveling. They keep going back. And eventually he finds himself looking at a surfer magazine. And it was the first time Surfer Magazine had shown the break Porto Escondido, and they didn't name it that, but he had stood on the beach in the exact same place where that picture was taken and felt a lot of satisfaction after growing up and reading that magazine and seeing all the unnamed breaks. He found a lot of satisfaction in knowing that he had actually beat them, beat them to the punch on Porto Escondido. And I'd like to summarize Jack's story in San Francisco. When they were out there in the fog and they couldn't see anything and the waves were hitting them from all directions and they were hundreds of yards from shore, one of the things we don't realize until the end of his story is that he is drifting south and they can't see any lights of cars on the road. And south of Ocean Beach, there are cliffs, steep cliffs, And you you can't just paddle in anywhere. And it turns out the beach where he actually came in, he just, if he would have drifted any further south than that, he would have had to spend the night in the ocean because there, there are no beaches below there for quite a distance. I'm not positive on my geography, but I think he might have had to go all the way down to Half Moon Bay before he could have gotten in, which would have been pretty impossible to do in the dark hope you guys enjoyed this mixed up new year's episode of surf shorts that's the end of 2022 for us we'll be back with more adventures in surf shorts and more true surf shorts episodes themselves remember we come out every thursday morning at 9 a.m please shoot me an email if you'd like to be on the show surf shorts podcast at gmail.com or dm me DM me on Instagram at Surf Shorts Podcast. We're also on Facebook. We're also on TikTok. I promise you I'm not dancing. Everyone have a great week. And once again, thanks for subscribing. All right, y'all listen. I say surf. You say shorts. Surf. Shorts. Surf. Shorts. I say, uh, wait, wait a minute. Uh, I think that pretty much covers it.